You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Friday, 23 February, Chinese house price index year-on-year was down 0.7% overnight versus 0.4% previously. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, uh, Fahima Adia from Momentum Securities. Yo, that pick-and-pay update. I was expecting one, but I was not expecting that. Uh, and markets, uh, the, the budget and markets, I, I think not very much there, but let's check in with Fahima uh, we're checking with uh, Fred Razak. He's a chief trading trading strategist at CM Trading. Ahead of the election, we now have a date, three months out. Uh, what about markets? What about volatility? Opportunity? Uh, should we perhaps just close our computers? We'll get some thoughts from him. And then thoughts for me. Nikkei 225 made a new all-time high. Uh, the first since uh, J- uh, D- what, December 1989. I want to dig into some history around that index uh, and, and what happened. In 1989. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Average household food basket decreases but does not significantly impact minimum wage workers or those dependent on state grants. Business day, nothing off the table. An Anglo Assets Review. CEO Duncan uh, Wenbolt says company is focused on reducing complexities, managing assets, capital and portfolio for value. Isn't that just uh, 101 management? Anyway, we'll see what comes of that. Morning markets, US was green, very green. S&P up 2.1%, NASDAQ up 3%. Over in the east, it's red. Sydney's off a tenth of a percent. Tokyo is closed for Emperor's birthday. Hong Kong is down 0.2% and Tencent off 1.5%. Commodities, mostly green. Gold, the exception, at uh, 2,035. Brent, 83 32, platinum 907, palladium 980. Rand is 1916, Bitcoin 51,000 on the button. And top 40, uh, an opening call for five points down. I think we can call that flat. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Trading now with Fahima Adia, Momentum Securities. Fahima, I said in the intro there, that pick and pay update. I, I was I was expecting something from pick and pay. I thought maybe a rights issue. I don't know. My sense was this was maybe more horror than the market was looking for. Certainly stock down 15%. Listing boxer doing a capital raise, overstocked, sales falling. Uh, your take on, 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 on pick and pay. I mean, is it is it as bad as it sounds? Or is this perhaps Sean Summers kind of just resetting to to a a new base, almost kitchen sinking it. Morning, Simon. Yes, um, the market was really not happy with that update yesterday, down almost 16% after they announced that 4 billion rand rights issue. Um, So they say this money will be used to recapitalize the business and to also separately list boxer to reduce debt. Um, as we know, you know, they've been having serious problems since last year. They reported the loss. Uh, so the, the issue, though, I think what the market really didn't like is the fact that they're in breach of the debt covenants. Their debt has almost doubled to 7 billion rand after poor performance over the festive season. If we look at the business, though, Simon, that boxer brand and pick and pay clothes have actually been performing quite well. 
the main issue has been that core pick and pay grocery business, uh, which yeah. hasn't been able to keep up with its competitors over the years, you know, such as ShopRite. So it's lost a lot of market share uh, to competitors over the past few years. Like you said, Summers has come back to try and restructure and turn that business around. Um, but I think it's going to take some time, you know, it's going to take a few years for this to happen. So while it may be achievable in the long term, there is going to be some short term pain while he, he tries to steer this thing around. And, and is your sense, I mean, obviously, Sean Summers was a CEO way back some 20 odd years ago. I think he left in what, 2007 or there's about. Is it your sense that he is perhaps, the, I mean, is he the right person for it? I mean, he has, he's been out of the industry for a while, but, but he's, he has had it in his DNA before. Yes, exactly. You know, we've seen him in the past take pick and pay from strength to strength. And it really he really made the business what it was in the past. So I guess if anyone can get it right, it's probably him. The main issue they faced with, though, now is, you know, ShopRite has such a head start and yeah. such a strong balance sheet in comparison. It's just, in my view, going to be a bit, bit difficult to claw back that uh, that market share that ShopRite has taken. Yeah, this is Mr. David and Goliath. And as you say, ShopRite is so far ahead in it. A, a, a follow-up question around the budget on, on Wednesday. The immediate response from the market seemed to be sort of largely actually uninterested, which I suppose is what you want from a budget. It, it did seem to be benign in the, and, and the market wasn't either loving or, or, or hating on the budget. Yeah, so I think there, there weren't any major announcements, Simon, apart from that important point that the tre- Treasury will be taking 150 billion rand from that gold and foreign exchange contingency reserve account to reduce the debt position. Um, so the market was largely expecting that. We did see the rand strength and a bit on the back of it, but then, you know, it weakened again. So I don't think there were any major surprises. Um, mm or anything that got the market too excited. We did see the markets up yesterday, but that had more to do with actually NVIDIA's results, (laughs) I would say, than anything else. Yeah, I, I take your point. It's weird, of course. The giant tech stock uh, has good results and our commodity-based market also goes green. But everyone went green. We had a massive green overnight in the U.S. as well. We'll leave it there for him. Adia Momentum Securities appreciate the early morning. Your money knows that reaching new heights means turbulence. When you invest in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money can withstand the unpredictable ups and downs caused by day-to-day market fluctuations. Because our partnership with J.P. Morgan Asset Management gives you access to a broad range of global strategies. Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm talking with Fred Razak. He's a chief trading strategist at CM Trading. Fred, appreciate the time today. South Africa's got an election in well, just over three months' time. I want to talk around that and traders and long-term investors' response. But just as we quickly step back, if we look at it with global eyes, I mean, the rest of the world is, I suspect, looking at South Africa and probably saying, you know, that report card we got as a kid could try harder, could do better. Absolutely. I think that government sets policy, policy sets mood, mood sets expectations, expectations and sentiment. You know, it's all encompassing. And two of the most important factors is infrastructure and unemployment in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And foreign investors are looking very carefully what the future will be because South Africa has immense resources 
Yeah, that we absolutely do in every sense of the word. If we look towards the election, as I said, it's three months away. We can you know, expect politicians to do what they do best, which is to say lots of wild and crazy things. And then, of course, there's a result and maybe there's a coalition, maybe there isn't. I don't know. We're not the political experts here. But what we can expect is, I imagine, volatility in the market. Oh, absolutely. I mean, investors are cautious at these type of times. You know, one could just reflect on if we go over the Atlantic Ocean, one could just reflect in 2016 where yeah. the U.S. elections were happened between Hillary Clinton and former President Donald Trump, and the markets reacted wildly right afterwards. I mean, you know, I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, things just get when they do get to higher intervals, which we're seeing ourselves in much higher intervals, you know, a percentage of 3,000 points is not that big of a deal. And so there's much more volatility compared to where we were 10 years ago or even 15 years ago in the JSC. I remember, and also in 2016, of course, was the Brexit vote. And I remember that as well, insane volatility. Could some traders say, you know what, because intuitively I'm saying, you know, I'm a trader, I like volatility, but is there perhaps a case for some traders to say, I might actually sit this out. Let me shut down my computer for a couple of days and let it settle. Because if we look at the Brexit vote, if we look at the Trump victory over Clinton, it did settle fairly quick. So there are different trading strategies for different marking conditions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are situations where you want really just a very flat line and just, you know, very little volatility to take advantage of those type of financial situations. But then there are the other situations that are much more lucrative, obviously, where the markets are crazy volatility, no rhyme, no reason, overreaction, emotional trading. And until we really have another species out there <laughs> that doesn't have complacency, doesn't have greed, and doesn't have fear in the market, then the markets will trade differently. But until that happens, even yeah. the AIs that are being set up, they're programmed by humans. Yeah, yeah. So you can't expect the markets to react in an unhuman manner. And it makes total sense. It does. And, and then that volatility, if, if someone's going to trade through it, my sense is, you know, firstly, is don't bring your own sort of biases and beliefs to it. Follow the price action. If you're wrong, take the stop loss quickly. Don't try and fight the tape. That never works. Oh, absolutely not. You can't fight the tape in those type of situations. Get out as soon as possible. I've seen people blow up their accounts numbers and numbers and numbers of time, not setting up pre-planned stop losses before they enter the market, especially in that type of crazy volatility market. That is the first thing I would tell. Your best offense is your better defense in yeah. those type of situations. And then it occurs to me, because I said a moment ago, maybe actually sit it out, maybe trade it, but perhaps position size is part of the way we manage that risk then. Yeah, position size, also hedging yourself. That doesn't mean buying and selling the same underlining asset. It mm -hmm. means having two separate assets that work separate ways. Meaning if you're buying gold, you're selling the Dow. Okay, mm -hmm. that's relatively a correlated stock that one goes up and the other one goes down. So that's a strategy, like you said, you know, just keeping yourself in very minimal amount of size so that you feel that you got a part of the play, yeah. but then again, you didn't overexpose yourself. You know, no one ever cries for taking home money, okay? There's no shame in it, yeah, okay? Yeah. But there is shame about being careless in the markets.
And that's a great point. It's that carelessness. And the point that you alluded to there is to have that plan, is to give it thought. I mean, we're three months away is to sit down and say, well, I'm, I'm going to trade it. But to your point, maybe I'm going to look at uncorrelated assets. I'm going to reduce the position size. In other words, go in very prepared. And maybe it isn't volatile at the end of the day, in which case, well, you're ready for next time. But be prepared. Have that action plan in place. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And you also have to factor in the X factor, which is we're not profits. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Could there be an upset? Could there be something else? Could there be a change and people are going to react adversely to it? Could there be the same thing and people are going to react adversely to it? The scenarios you never know of how the street actually reacts to these type of impetuses. So it's really important to play defense in these type of circumstances. Yeah, and I take your point. We're assuming that if X happens, Y happens, and it may be the case, but it may not. A long-term investor listening to this is perhaps starting to get a little bit sort of sweaty in the palms of their hand. Truthfully, as a long-term investor, short-term volatility, less of a concern for you. You've got a quality long-term portfolio. You can almost, I want to say, ignore this. I wouldn't say ignore it, but even, you know, if you do have some cash on the sidelines and you know, you're looking at a long-term investment, then it might be a great buying opportunity. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, doubling into the market when the market sells off just fictitiously or erratically, if you want to call it that, because the trend is upwards. I mean, if we look at most of the indices around the world, you know, people are not into business of losing money. They're in the business of making money. And it's in their best interest to bring returns because otherwise the whole system wouldn't exist. So, you know, that's a basic premise of trading the financial markets is that it's bias on the upside. Are there situations where, you know, there's sell-offs, there's what we call bloodbaths and, Mm -hmm. you know, major tankage in the market? Yes. But generally speaking, if you look at the indices around the world, they're in an upwards momentum. I mean, just yesterday, the Japanese Nikkei hit (laughs) all-time record highs. I was going to mention that to you. I don't know if you were trading in 1989 when it made the previous high. I was aware of markets, but I was writing exams for tertiary. It's been a long road back for the Nikkei 225. It has. And it's really propelled by this AI, cutting edge, robotic kind of technology that works for Japan. Japan has been in a very difficult space with its economic expansion because of their stunt of population growth, because of their increasing older population and much smaller, younger population. They're experiencing a lot of very interesting scenarios that have never been seen before in history, really. Yeah. And a 30-year between all-time highs for an index is I mean, I want to say unheard of, but there's probably one out there somewhere from, I don't know, the 1700s or something. Fred Razak, Chief Trading Strategist, CM Trading, appreciate the insights. And that's our poll today around your election strategy. And I think Fred made a great point there, which is we've got time. We've got three months. We've got time to start to think about it. And there's probably going to be volatility. Uh, what is going to be your strategy? Perhaps you just actually, you know what, I'm taking everything offshore, looking for opportunities, trading up a storm, doing nothing. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise. As hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. 
MoneyWeb now on the money. So we touched on it briefly there with uh, Fred, and of course that Japan is closed today for Emperor's birthday. But the, the Nikkei 225, which finally hit a new all-time high. So it's an index started in the 1950, uh, which is fairly late in the world of indexes. There's two main ones in Japan, the 225, Nikkei 225, which is the, the sort of the, the biggest 225 stocks. So it would be like, I suppose, our top 40. And then there's the topics, which is all uh, stocks in the Japanese market. So that would kind of be our all share index. The 225, Nikkei 225, is a price-weighted index, much like the Dow. I think these are crazy indices. What it basically says is that a $100 stock has 10 times the influence of a $10 stock, whereas most indices do points-based rather than price-weighted. But what happened? So December uh, 1989, 29 December, hit an all-time high. This was thanks to low rates fueling market buying frenzies and real estate frenzies. The problem that Japan had been running into was a strong yen that was hurting exports. The main business for Japan was exporting cars, exporting computers. It it, it was the Japanese economy. They'd been struggling along, but the crash of 87 in the US had spooked them. um, and And the Bank of Japan was worried about the yen. The yen was really, really strong. It was trading up around 200. And the concern was, You're an export nation. That currency is hurting your exports. How do you solve that problem? So the Bank of Japan decided to try and weaken the yen. Uh, They kept rates artificially low. The government was spending hugely on capital projects, uh, boosting property prices. They were printing money like crazy. So broadly, uh, cheap money and no yield on cash. Kind of sounds familiar. Anyway, this led to massive speculation in the stock market because this is where you were going to get your return. And of course, the frenzy fuels the frenzy. There was no point in money in the bank. So you were buying property. You were buying stocks. And when I say we, it was Japanese and and foreign investors and and, and institutions and the like. And this created that bubble. Uh, So the stock market peaked uh, December 89 uh, and then plummeted. It lost more than $2 trillion in value within a year by December. December 1990. After that 89 peak, it bottomed October 28, 2008. That is 82% below the the, the all-time high of some 19 years earlier. Uh, And now finally, finally, Thursday, back at all-time highs. It has been a crazy ride. The, the market now, if we look at the stocks that are the big ones in the indices, it's Toyota, it's Sony, it's Mitsubishi, it's Hatachi. So it's still kind of that sort of exporting computer manufacturing motor vehicle type of market. If you want to get some action in it, there is a local ETF from Signia, uh, the Atrix MSCI Japan, SYGJP is the code. That's it for today. We were chatting with uh, Simtabele Bopele yesterday from F&B Wealth and, and Investments. We were talking about the SPA update. i got to say, then we had the pick and pay update yesterday. It kind of just feels like checkers or shop writers, the only one left in the game. Everyone else is shooting themselves in the foot and just giving you know, ShopRite, who already has a massive lead, an even bigger lead. We asked you if you were holding SPA, looking for recovery. Over 80% said, no ways, prefer others. I hope they prefer other wasn't pick and pay. Uh, the rest said, yes, they will come right in time. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. 
Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the Money Wear website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobokle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is Money Web Now. If you're loving the show, please leave us a positive rating in your podcatcher of choice. And we'll chat again Monday, pension-backed home loans. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.